Hey, this is Dan from the Comic Book Pit Podcast, bringing you a new series called the Daily Spinner Rack. Daily Spinner Rack is going to focus on a random old comic for just a few minutes every day. And uh, if you listen to the regular Comic Book Pit show, then you probably know that I'm already podcasting every week, so you might be asking, why a daily show? And... <laughs> I might be asking myself that, too, after I do this for a while, but there are uh, a couple of reasons. Um, so first, not to sound like one of those old people, but when I got into comics in the mid-1980s, there weren't nearly as many new titles where you could just jump in on the ground floor. Most titles already numbered well into the 200s, so if you wanted to read a comic, you just had to dive right in. So... Call it nostalgia, call it getting old, but I kind of miss that feeling of, uh, you know, we didn't really, we didn't have the comic shops yet, so, you know, we, uh, went into a drugstore, a supermarket, uh, a convenience store, and you grabbed a comic that you never, probably never read before and looked really great. Maybe you recognized characters, maybe you didn't. And you took a chance on it. To give an example, so the first comic I ever bought with my own money was Uncanny X-Men number 207. Bought it at the Mount Lebanon Pharmacy on Washington Road with my, with my two buddies, Alan and Mario. We were walking home from school one day and they said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna stop at the pharmacy. And I thought we were just going to maybe get a soda and some snacks. And, you know, sure enough, they went right to the right to the comics rack. And I didn't really know anything about uh, comics. I mean, I, I had read some comics, but I hadn't really collected them. So I just grabbed whatever looked cool. And it happened to be X-Men 207 and had this really cool cover. And I didn't know who it was at the time, but it was Wolverine. And he's slashing his claws down the cover. And it's... Pretty uh, iconic cover, and I I still have that issue. In fact, I I have it as a frame because it's it's kind of meaningful to me. I, I don't have it with the rest of my regular cl- collection. So so that's kind of why I chose this particular format. I'm just going to do it old school, with no background on story or characters. I'm just going to pick a random comic from my collection, read it, and talk about it. And I, you know, even though, again, if, if you listen to the regular comic book pitch show, then you know that I'm, I've, over the past few years, I've switched from physical comics, you know, the, the, the floppies, the weeklies, whatever you want to call them, to digital comics. But, I probably have a hundred or so comics I've picked up over the years from, you know, just going to, Sales at comic shops. Um, you know, we have our own comic swap where, you know, I've, I've grabbed comics from other guys. Um, I pick them up at flea markets, estate sales, etc. So I really have no shortage of quote unquote new reading material. Now, another reason I'm doing this is more of a personal challenge. If, uh, if you have any uh, interest in podcasting, if you have been podcasting for a while, um, 
or if maybe you're new to podcasts, maybe you've heard of National Podcast Post Month, which runs from November 1st till November 30th. And you can probably guess that the challenge is to post a podcast episode every day in the month of November. It's really weird that I've been podcasting for uh, nearly 12 years, and uh, this year is the first time I've heard of it. So I'm going to try my hardest to keep up and see if I can provide daily content. Who knows if all goes well. I might actually continue past the 30-day challenge. But at this point, I really don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm just going to hopefully post a new episode every day and focus on the challenge. So that is my story. And hopefully, you'll come along for the ride. Hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy the same nostalgia that I'm enjoying. Or maybe you'll learn something about a comic that you didn't know or find something interesting about a comic. Um, or find a better appreciation of a comic. Who knows? Um, if you enjoy Daily Spinner Rack, let me know. So first up, my totally random pick for November 1st is Cloak and Dagger, number 9, from Marvel Comics, published, coincidentally enough, in November of 1986. This was see, written by Bill Mantlo, penciled, um, surprisingly, I did not expect this, by Art Adams. So immediately this was, looked at the first page, this was an immediate... Uh, thrill for me. Art Adams is just a, a legend, and he he's an artist that I I've I've grown up loving. Inks and cover illustration by Terry Austin, colored by Glennis Oliver, lettered by Ken Brusenak, edited by Carl Potts, and of course the Big Kahuna. The editor in chief at Marvel during this era was a Pittsburgh native. The infamous Jim Shooter. So the first thing that strikes me about this uh, this issue is the cover. It's the Marvel 25th anniversary covers, which Marvel did a uh, any book that was published in November of 1986 had this cover treatment done, where it was kind of a frame, the left, right, and bottom of the cover was framed with uh, <clears throat> the characters. Uh, all, all, not all of the Marvel characters, but majority of the popular ones at the time. Spider-Man, Hulk, Iron Man, the Avengers, the X-Men, X-Factor, Fantastic Four, uh, Daredevil, and so on. And I... I love these covers to death. In fact, I would like another side project for me is to, I would like to eventually collect all of these covers because they're just kind of cool. Um, I had a number of them growing up and I've since gotten rid of them, lost them, traded them, sold them, who knows. Each cover, uh, aside from the frame, is usually, kind of has a portrait, like a headshot of, um, a character from the book, and in this case, it's Cloak, and it's uh, done by uh, Terry Austin, who uh, I, I really didn't know that Terry Austin was a 
I guess I never thought of him as a traditional comic artist. I, I think I know him more as an inker. So seeing this, uh, you know, his art on this cover is kind of interesting. And actually, you know, had I not known it was Terry Austin, the style kind of reminds me of a young Mike Mignola. If you ever track down any of Mignola's early work at Marvel, he mostly did a lot of covers. You can see it's, you know, you can tell it's Mike Mignola, but it is definitely very different than than the Mignola we know now with Hellboy and at Dark Horse, etc. So this issue, um, it opens up with with Dagger standing on a unicorn. <laughs> Not a real unicorn, of course, but turns out she and Cloak and another character named Bill Clayton, never heard of that character before, um, are in France. They have They've tracked a gang of uh, drug smugglers to Europe and have decided to to go after them. Cloak and Dagger's whole purpose, their whole mission from day one is been to to go after drugs and to stop drug you know drug peddling, drug using, and, and you know part of me wonders. Because this was the, you know, the Cloak and Dagger, I believe, came out kind of like the early to mid 80s. Uh, I mean, well, maybe it was late 70s. I don't know. But uh, essentially, they they were popular at a time when the war on drugs was really heating up. And you know, just say no to drugs and dare and, um, you know. So I, I feel like, and there were a lot of stories at the time that had to do with. Um, teens and drug use and just, you know, this whole anti-drug sentiment ran rampant through comics of the time, too. So, you know, so Cloak and Dagger, that was their whole deal was, I mean, that was literally their mission was to go after, uh, to go after drug, drug dealers, drug smugglers, drug kingpins, anything that had drugs to do with it. It was a personal, definitely a personal mission for them too, because they, their origin was born, they were born from being experimented on. They were both teen runaways, and they were kidnapped or taken by, I guess, a pharmaceutical company, and, you know, were experimented on, and the result was they both came away with these powers. Dagger has the dagger is the light, cloak is the darkness, and it's a very um, symbiotic relationship. Um, cloak's darkness is always gnawing at him like a hunger, and the only thing that satiates it is the light that Dagger provides. Her power feeds his hunger, so he really needs her, and it's. Never been more evident than in this issue because, you know, they're in Europe. There's this kind of whole, kind of convoluted story about how um, Dagger kind of wanders into a circus in Europe and is so enthralled by it that she, uh, and the, the the clowns start having fun with her. And, and, and this is during, this is going on during a circus, like an actual live event. 
that they pull her in as a, an audience member just to have some fun with her. The audience thinks that she's in on it because her, she starts exhibiting her light powers and the circus offers her a job. So she becomes Lady Life and she rides around on a horse that is made up to be a unicorn and she performs tricks with a light. She's having a great time because it, it allows her to not think about their mission, which is, you know, pretty dour. It's, um, you know, good. Their, their whole mission, their whole life is spent in the, you know, the, the seedy underbelly of drugs. So this is a, a quite a change for them. Cloak really doesn't like it because, you know, he, he wants Dagger to be focused, but decides with some um, talking to by this other character, Bill Clayton, their traveling companion, to, you know, let her, let her continue. Um, Dagger thinks it's a, it's a, you know, a nice, uh, gesture on his part. It's mostly because they figured out that the, the circus is traveling the same, uh, traveling along the same path or the same direction as the drug smugglers that they are chasing. So this would provide a good cover for them to, uh, to continue to search for the bad guys. So, and, and Bill Clayton knows that, that cloaks gesture is more selfish than, than generous, but he doesn't say anything. Um, and, you know, I don't know a ton about Cloak and Dagger, but Cloak is just, uh, he just kind of comes off as the worst. <laughs> I'm not sure if, if there were issues where he was actually nice. He, he is very dark and it's very dark and very brooding. I mean, he makes Batman look like a Girl Scout. And then there's a uh, an interlude where it cuts back to New York City with a character, uh, kind of a gaseous character. She's she's green. She looks kind of punk, kind of spiky hair. She's called Mayhem. She goes to the she she ends up at the church that I guess Cloak and Dagger work out of. Um, it's a church, I guess, that helps, you know, other runaways, and so that's kind of their base of operations. Mayhem goes there looking for help. She finds the, the priest, uh, Father Delgado, praying out loud, uh, calling Cloak a demon, and wants God to cast him out, saying that he is somehow possessing Dagger. I mean, not maybe not literally, but I think he maybe is praying to the fact that their relationship is very one-sided, that Dagger is kind of stuck with Cloak. And, you know, Mayhem shows up out of nowhere because she's basically a cloud and kind of calls him out on it and says, you know, I came here looking for help, but if you think that about Cloak, then I can't imagine what you think about me. And she leaves and Father... Delgado is just kind of, he just looks like a wreck. He's like, 
unshaven and sweaty and shaking, and so you kind of wonder if something something else is going on with this uh, character that we've not, you know, that maybe we didn't see in this issue, but something that was alluded to in previous issues. So, uh, going back to Europe, Cloak, Dagger, and Bill Clayton are traveling with the circus. They end up in Germany. There is a uh, an agent for the the gang for the for the for the drug smugglers who who recognizes uh, he catches a glimpse of Clo- of Cloak in one of the trucks and he calls it into to the gang and they figure out that Cloak and Dagger Dagger are traveling with the circus. So during one of uh, one of Dagger's light performances, the the gang shows up at the circus, uh, full on, I mean, fully loaded, you know, loaded for bear, and they just start just unloading. They just shoot. They just fire machine guns at Cloak and Dagger, willy nilly, just wildly shooting. And so, you know, Cloak and Dagger, you know, are trying to defend themselves and fight back. The circus, other circus performers, realizing that the Dagger, you know, is one of them, and is in trouble. They're not really. They don't really care that Cloak and Dagger have these powers. All they see is that they're being attacked, and so they they jump in. And you know, it, it's a little. I don't think it's played up for comedy, but it is a little little goofy. You've got a a strong man who throws barbells at him. You've got a, a like a tumbler who is spinning another crook with his legs. <laughs> one person, there's a, a, a human cannonball that's in a cannon and someone fires him at a, as a whole gang of crooks. Um, even an elephant jumps in on the deal. There, there's a woman riding an elephant and the elephant snags this guy's machine gun, so it's kind of funny. Um, but then it turns kind of dark where the, the drug dealers uh, turn their guns on the, on the circus performers and just start firing at them and they you know it's like I said it gets dark real quick because you know these are just normal people just humans they have no way to defend themselves from from this violence and Dagger decides to lead them away or tries to um, she tries to distract them or draw their fire so she hops on the uh, horse that is dressed up like a unicorn, and when I say dressed up, it's just a white horse and it has a like a fake horn on its head. She's riding away, and uh, one of the gunmen fires. It really threw me. I because the, the the page turn is what got me because both Cloak and Bill Clayton see that she's about to get fired on, and they both say no, and you think, oh man, which one of these guys is going to dive in front of a bullet to save Dagger? And it's neither. The the gunman shoots and kills the horse. And it was... <laughs> I was not prepared for that. It was kind of heartbreaking. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of an animal person and, and it... You know, I, I don't like violence against any animal. I mean, even in a comic book, it's kind of you know, it's kind of a gut punch, uh, especially, like I said, when you're not expecting that. You know, Dagger is just crazy with, you know, with uh, with anger, 
and she takes out the remaining gunmen, just kind of realizes that, you know, we, we can't stay here any longer. This isn't the life for us. We have to continue our mission. Too much potential for innocence to, you know, to get hurt. So Cloak envelops Dagger and Bill in his cloak, and I forgot that he can kind of, I guess he can teleport through the, <clears throat> through the dark force that he has uh, access to. So, so they, they disappear. And the final panel is just a, uh, it's just a picture of Dr. Doom. And it, the, the caption is, uh, and it says, swept away into the shadows of Cloak's Cape of Darkness, the trio of wanderers continue their quest, unaware that their next port of call will be a kingdom called Latveria. So, that means next issue, Cloak and Dagger are gonna go up against Dr. Doom, which is kinda cool. Uh, I feel like if, if I had that issue in front of me, I would probably read it because, you know, these are not, these are two characters that I would not expect to go up against a character like Dr. Doom. So overall, this was a, uh, for not, again, not knowing anything going in, this was a pretty, uh, pretty fun issue, easy to follow. Um, you didn't have to really know a lot going in. Uh, if I had picked this up back in the day, I might have, uh, I might have kept reading it. So. Come find me tomorrow for another random issue of a comic. Let me know what you think. You can Daily Spinner Rack will be featured on the Comic Book Pit website and feed and all of the social media accounts. So if you like these episodes, let me know. Comment you know on social media. You can also send an email to comicbookpit at gmail.com. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.